When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, well, well. Hi, guys. Welcome to She Speaks Bravo. I'm Emily, and I'm going to be joined later by two fabulous guests, but I'm going to say something right now. It was my very first time dealing with a guest that shared the exact opposite opinions about housewives in general. Like, for example... They love Melissa Gorga. They think she's the best. Okay. Um, They love Lisa Rinna. They hate Lisa Barlow. Hate. And I think that was it. I think those were the main points that I was like, oh, I've never had to experience this before. Um, It's actually probably good for me to get another person's perspective or or another perspective on this show. Because I'm sure not everyone listening agrees with me entirely. I'm sure that's totally possible. So hopefully you enjoy that. But before I get into that and intro them, I'm going to recap Miami and Summer House on my own. So let's start. Let's go right into Miami. Okay. Lisa being late, I know I, I know I need to like let it go because some people just do this, but it really bothers me. Like it it made Andy mad. It annoyed everyone. Like you were not just holding up people going to a party, you were holding up an entire crew of people. Lisa was so late that Andy was fuming, but then they just let it go. So you know what? She'll never learn. That just really pissed me off right off the top. I know I know it shouldn't. I know it should be like, oh, some people are just late. This is Housewives. But I feel like she might win the late award among all the Housewives. I think so. maybe NeNe or Candy. But Lisa's up there. So, Andy, I, I'm sure this was because everyone is tacky and writes in things like, ask him what work they've had done. So he does he does this at every single reunion to every franchise and does the like, what work have you ladies had done? Let's go around the room. The notable response was Larsa denying getting her butt done. Now, I don't know if she got an implant but injections, that's a thing now. It's so expensive. But we've come to learn that Larsa is like the richest bitch there. She's making like $4.2 million on OnlyFans alone. So she can afford it. It's just irresponsible to not admit to these things. Because if you're a public figure, people naturally look to you. And there are people who believe, well, she said she didn't get her butt done. And they go crazy trying to obtain it. So I thought it was a little... Larsa had a good season and then 
this reunion showed the side of her I was expecting to see during the season. Like, I wasn't surprised when she was denying that she's copying Kim Kardashian. And I, I get what she was saying about how she was friends with Kim for so long, so you pick up on those mannerisms. However, we all watched you on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. We all did. And you didn't talk like this. This is an extreme difference. You are... Wait, hold on. She called herself progressive. I like things that are on trend. And so I get things done that make me feel good. And so by progressive, what does that mean? On trend, this is, we're talking about plastic surgery. On trend, what are you talking about? And yeah, if you're talking like that, then that means the Kardashians, as we, as I'm sure you all know, are the number one requested look at uh, plastic surgeon's office. They all want to be Kim, Kylie, you name it. So uh, it's obvious that you are looking like a Kardashian on purpose. Um, we get to Gertie's package. And Gertie's husband is so hot. And he's a firefighter. I wish he would speak more. Or just take his shirt off. Or, oh, they should have shot in the fire the firehouse. <gasps> Damn it. Missed opportunity. I'm sure they didn't want to, but whatever. Um, She tries to diss everyone or diss certain people for not donating at her charity event for Haiti. And um, Alexia was like, I didn't even know there was a place to donate. We donated the dresses, so... Gertie thought she was coming in hot, like busting them. But these bitches are so rich. They'll just, she had a, Gertie had the QR code to scan. They'll just scan it and pay you. It's like, this was very, it reminded me of when Kyle tried to bust Garcelle for not paying to Children's Hospital or whatever Kyle does, the Children's Cancer Society. I'm not sure exactly what the company is or the, you know what I mean. They get into, I'm really glad they brought this up because I like forgot it even happened so much. As, and by the way, the seating, hold on. Adriana and Gertie were the, were feuding at the top of the season and Adriana and Gertie are sitting right next to each other. So when they cut to this part of her package, Gertie's package to say like, why did you bring up the dinner, uh, the foot massage in front of, in front of Martina just to start some drama they're like they're talking right next to each other. Also strange that Julia was right next to Andy. She was by no means the center of all the drama. Like, was it in her contract because of Martina? I don't know what the, that just was confusing as hell to me. Alexia made sense being there. But um, unless there's something I'm missing, did I forget something? Or just Julia's not. Julia should be sitting on the end. Adriana should be sitting next to Andy. But I guess Adriana wasn't a full time. Hmm. Who else should have been sitting next to Andy? Anyway, let's go back to Gertie. Gertie admits, which I thought was cool. She admits that she was absolutely being shady by bringing up the foot massage because Adriana had such a nasty ass attitude uh, when she came in talking about the decor and they flashed back to it. And I'm like, she totally did. She was absolutely out of line and rude. Um, so Gertie, I like that she just admitted that she's like, yeah, mm -hmm, brought that up to be shady and 
messy. And they also talked about, I mean, it, by the, I'm sure you're not surprised, but hi, obviously Gertie and Adriana were able to move past it because they're literally sitting next to each other shoulder to shoulder. This does happen sometimes on reunions or at some point because they have to eventually just decide where people are going to sit. And at some point there will be a fight with the person right next to them. Like when Heather and Lydia on Orange County had a back and forth, they were literally sitting next to each other. And that's when Heather said, I said, I'm sorry. Do you want me to pop a vein? Read. Is that a read? I feel like I never use that term right. Anywho, Gertie then gets dragged for making that moment with Julia all about her. Um, she later explains that she, she was like, I also lost a kid. So that's what I thought we were going with. I did not know the situation. So, and Julia, with with all love and nothing but love in her heart, she says, I don't hold grudges. And I believe her. So it was, it was easy. Bye-bye. But then we go to the OnlyFans conversation. You know, Andy really has to have some balls because he has to deliver some, he has to just present a lot of uncomfortable things. Like the intro to Lars's package was a sh- was shady as hell. It was like, you came back looking like a whole different person. And then they, they show the package of her, you know, looking like a Kardashian and with the lips and the hair and the whatever. I think he, I think um, Andy even reads a bunch of viewer questions. I didn't write this down, but I think he reads like, he's like, I got multiple comments. Like, why did you get all that work done? You look so much better before. Why did you do that to your face? God, I I know that, I know that people want to hear it. They just want them to be honest about it. But it is, it is, it just does feel a little bit tacky. Um, this is when we find out that Larsa is a rich a bitch. And if you can do it, I don't, I don't judge it. I just couldn't. I literally couldn't. I can barely take a selfie. Okay. I've been trying to do more face forward content on, for TikTok and for Instagram, but like, I hate it. I'm, I don't like it. So I would not be like, yeah, you want to pay to see this? You know, uh, but hey, she's making that money. And turns out Scotty and Larsa's prenup dissolved after 10 years. So it is a 50-50 split. This bitch. She's so rich. So on a break, it's Nicole, Adriana, and Julia in the trailer, like snacking or eating or whatever. And of course, I'm looking at what Nicole is eating and she's eating the most light looking salad like i'm like what is there even any cheese on that but they're talking to adriana's boyfriend and nicole says something like so you don't have a girlfriend and he goes no i'm not two-timing adriana even though adriana made it seem like i was she was two-timing me and they kind of joke back and forth and they we find out that Larsa is saying that she knows who his real girlfriend is. And it's clear that Julia, I mean, if Julia wasn't backing up Adriana 100%, I would be surprised because the way they love each other, 
You know, so she's totally going to be team Adriana, obviously. But uh, I didn't realize that Nicole was so anti-Larsa. But I I forgot that Larsa and her got into that huge feud. Duh, the out of wedlock thing. Never mind. So Larsa, though, she goes up to Lisa during the break and she's like, you don't have my back. And, um, what? What did you want her to say? You're denying that you had your butt done. Like, how is she supposed to back you up? That's unfair. Like, you can't expect me to lie to America with you when I don't buy it. And Lisa's even like, you know that they're my friends too, right? So, like, I'll stand up if I need to stand up. And she has proven that. But Larsa's scrambling. She's scrambling now. She's actually kind of in my opinion, buckling under the pressure just a little bit. So they go, they're back from break and they go to Julia's package. And I just have to stop and say something right now. Julia is gorgeous. And they, they cut to the, the season where she's in beautiful in her confessionals. But when they cut back to the reunion, whoever did her makeup needs to be fired. They gave her this like grandma colored lip that isn't like properly lined now, mind you, we're also used to looking at these injected lips. So maybe that, maybe they just look like normal lips and I'm not used to that. But her eye makeup, it's like the least flattering. It's like when you get your makeup done at, at a mall. And it's just like they do the same makeup for everyone. It, she, I was like, you are so stunning. They did you dirty. But then this, this woman has, oh my God. The story about her ex, who was like a very connected guy, and how he died in the middle of an SN. I, I know this story's been out there, but he died whilst being bondaged and in the middle of some SNM stuff. Um, the woman that he was with, she's she killed him, shot him, shot him, shot him. But then also. She, uh, Julia thinks because of this mistress of his of her ex. God, I'm really butchering this. The, his mistress came and told Julia something like, "I know how your baby died." Now the baby was killed by a nanny, shaken baby syndrome. And Julia says, "Well, you know, it's interesting because they put the ad out, like my ex's people, like they put the ad out for this nanny, and she shows up, and we've never been able to track her down since." So it's possible that he hired a nanny secretly to kill the kid. This is what they're alleging. This isn't a movie. I'm talking about just at the reunion of Real Housewives of Miami. Like, what the hell? This is why, this is what good casting is, people. This is what good, this is what producers are supposed to do. They are supposed to find people with amazing stories. Okay? Orange County, take notes. Can they get fired already? They are horrible at their jobs. I will still never forgive them for Peggy and recasting Lydia. And this mess, Noella and Jennifer, is that her name? Jennifer, the other new one. And then Nicole, she didn't even make it. Ugh, get out. This, Miami right here, this is what good casting is. Okay, we got a woman with a, a story to tell and all she has to do is tell it and it's interesting. 
They go on a break at one point and Nicole is talking about how her and her husband just bought a new plane and it's great. And Andy goes to quote the late jo- Joan Rivers. How did you get so rich? And she says, Anthony does very well. She kind of answered this weird. She said, people ask him what kind of a what kind of lawyer he is. And he says, a damn good one. I'm like, okay, that we just, okay. I feel like we might be able to uncover something there. I don't know. I just feel like there might be something there. I want to, I need to look into that husband because what kind of lawyer is he? Like, for, for real. After the whole Tom Girardi stuff, I don't trust it. Okay? Not one bit. Also, I hate to say this, it's, but the fillers that Nicole has had done were A, unnecessary because she is young and looks amazing. But B, they're not placed right. So her face just looks puffy. It's possible that she just got them done and it hadn't, hasn't settled yet, but it just doesn't look good. I'm bummed because she's so, so cute. Um, so speaking of Nicole, they get her package now. And it's focusing on the drama with Marisol, obviously. And I have to say something. Like Nicole most likely was saying bitchy things about everybody behind everyone's back. Nicole, let's remember her history. Her dad was like a mafia leader <laughs> or something like drug leader. I don't remember what she said. Drug, drug dealer or something, but very, very connected. And then when he went down, they lost everything. But she still grew up with a ton of money. Like she was used to being spoiled and then they lost the money and now she's with a new man very rich again. It just feels like that would be easy. It'd be easy for her to be kind of mean girl. Kind of, you know, judgy. Like she's a fucking anesthesiologist, okay? Like the woman's an actual doctor. So I'm not surprised if she did say some bitchy things about the group. But then they get into a fight uh, about interior design because... Nicole claims that she's like, the whole thing about Lisa's house came from one of the contractors who's friends with Marisol, and he was asking about Lisa's house renovation, and I was like, it's not my taste. And I don't think that that's what happened. I don't really know. It doesn't matter because then Nicole shuts it all down and goes, do you realize how petty this is? We are fighting about interior design. And Andy cracks up. Andy's like, I live. He's like, this is the fun part of the reunions when we get petty. Not when it goes too deep. And that was the end of the app. That was the end. And they, you know, tease for next week. And I, I mean, I'm going to finish covering Miami, but it wasn't my favorite to recap. So I don't know why. I, it's like it's 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 fine on its own. So I don't know. I don't I don't love recapping it. But let's move on to one I love recapping. Summer House. So we're picking back up with the S&M party or Fifty Shades of Summer party. And Danielle has just told Paige and Sierra about what Kyle said about having nothing in common besides Loverboy. And Paige is now crying because she's like, oh, my God, I think I'm going to be the one that has to bring this up to Amanda. And then they thank God agree that they're not going to talk about it tonight. Thank God. I tell you. Um, 
Danielle and Robert are good. Robert has buzzed his head and looks a million times better. And they're in a good place. And then Paige and Sierra are in the room talking about Amanda. And they're like, oh, no, this is so bad. But then they hear Amanda coming down the hallway. And they're like, oh, we're doing our makeup. <gasps> oh, hey, Amanda. Oh, we're just doing our makeup. We're just putting on mascara. Um, Kyle, at one point, is from the bottle of 1942. He tries to drink from the bottle of 1942. And he chokes on it. Which he should. You should never drink 1942 like that. At one point, Luke walks a woman into uh the red room and he's like isn't this the coolest thing you've ever seen and the girl's like no and they just like walk out luke really showed me a different side during all of this like he knows a lot about kinky stuff um i don't know why i just don't find it attractive because i'm not like i would be terrified if i if i was having sex with someone and they were like i've got nipple clamps i'd be like fuck abort and it just really like i know this man is so attractive but somehow don't get me wrong if i saw six over six foot tall luke in real life i'd be like get it but um the more i see of him the less i find him attractive there was also a blind, by the way, on Dumois that said that uh, it was like a fuckboy for the last two years who's gotten away with it isn't getting away with it anymore because he's been kicked out of Winterhouse for sexual harassment. Now, I don't really post a lot about blinds because blinds, literally 50% of them are incorrect. And like I'm saying, 50% are correct. So eventually, some, some of them are right. But I stopped until they're validated. I just I can't. Um, but it's turned out that it wasn't true, that, that there's no validation to that. Everyone's still filming Winter House. That's a very irresponsible thing to post. Okay. Because everyone was like, it's Austin, it's Luke. And then when I posted guys, that was not true. That blind was, it's been debunked. Some people are like disappointed because I think we want drama. And so when we're let down that it's not there, we're like, well, he's still creepy. Because we, like, still want it. So, very irresponsible. Um, you know, that's, this is the, the song they've been playing forever. It's the party every day. Ba-ba party every day. It comes on at least once a party episode. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I know that we love Maya, but I, I honestly think she's too introverted for television. Or for even just this house. Like, I would never go to this because I don't want people always around me. I very much like to be alone and need a lot of alone time to recharge. As where it looks like Maya kind of agrees, maybe a little bit not as extreme as me. But it just seems like a like this is horrible for her. She doesn't really want to talk to a guy. She says in her confessional, she's like, I even if I were to meet a guy here, I'd be like, ew, why are you here? And like grow I I don't uh, no not for me I'm like well what is I'm not over her by any means I'm just like this is this just a oh my god you guys wait I have to tell you something and I'm so bummed out I'm not posting about this because that platform is a little bit bigger than this one and I don't necessarily want to blast her but I ordered cookies from Maya's company the need 
And I ordered them on February 10th. And I completely forgot I had ordered them. And it was just the other day I was looking through my old emails and I was like, oh, my God, where were these cookies? So I messaged and said, hey, my order never got here. And the response was, we are working hard to fulfill orders. Uh, we will be getting them out by the end of the week. Please enjoy this discount for a future purchase. We're so sorry. And I said, oh, no, no, no. This was like February 10th I ordered. Like, it's March 3rd. So, what? And then they just refunded me and said they were sorry. So, I wish I could say I tried her cookies and they're delicious because I did try to support, but it looks like she's not quite up and running yet. And I don't know who she needs to hire. I don't know if she could even afford to hire anyone. Maybe she's just still trying to do everything herself, but now she's on the show and has more obligations. And I have faith that she will get it up and running because I guarantee she makes delicious cookies. I I can tell. I can just tell. Craig, let's let's move to this toxicity. Craig at one point is like texting with Paige and she probably purposely texts because he's like, uh, you know, did you kiss anyone or something like that? Did you, I don't know why he would ask this. I, you know, it's telling that he would even ask when he knows he's out doing whatever he wants to do. So she says, just Andrea for a little bit when we were playing the blindfold kissing game. And then Craig calls and is like, well, if that's happening, then like I can't come out there. You know that, right? And she's like, what? She's just staying very like quiet and calm and doesn't know what to do. And then he hangs up on her. And she's crying. I mean, I'd be crying, too. I've made nothing but bad choices, so... She's crying in the closet and Maya and Danielle find her crying in the closet and they're like, oh, poor thing. Then the next day, everyone is looking rough. (laughs) Danielle comes into Paige and Sierra's room and they're like, what in the actual hell is happening with you? And they're like having that fun, you know, let's recap what happened last night because we're piecing it together conversation. But then they're like, so we should talk to Amanda today and we should do it like casually we should be like oh hey we're gonna go hang out by the pool and then just like casually bring it up which is a brilliant plan do that so they have the big talk with Amanda excuse me and Paige's little monologue was so cute when she started crying she was so cute I was like oh my god Paige someone hug her Maya's crying. She's like, I know how hard it is to break off an engagement. That's what I had to do. Amanda isn't phased by what Kyle said. She's like, he just says mean things when he's in a bad mood or like having a moment. Okay. Um, But here's the problem. Kyle will... He'll do something bad that's like outwardly obviously bad. For example, cheating on her, now telling Danielle that there's not they don't have anything in common besides Loverboy. And what happens is then Amanda is given like power again. Because instead of this conversation, Kyle comes out 
and Kyle is like, what are you guys talking about? And then when he realizes what they're talking about, they all go in, leaving the two of them to talk. And he is like silenced. He's literally like he can't say I'm miserable. You boss me around and bark at me and nag at me constantly. Do you even like me? The things that Kyle likes to do, like go out, drink, have fun, be social, is not necessarily Amanda's favorite thing to do. Or if Amanda wants to do it, she's like, it has to be exactly the way I want it. Like you have to stand next to me for a certain period of time. And then when I'm ready to go hang out with the girls, you go hang out with everyone else that you want to hang out with. And then when I'm ready to leave, you leave. Like it's very controlled. And it's like, but he's silenced in this moment. He is. He's, he can't, it looks like he can't even get out words. So that now Amanda's like, you promise not to do this again? And I'm like, do you promise to stop nagging him? If you are going to stay after someone cheats, you have to be able to move on. And if you can't release them. And I know I talked about this last week, but I think next season we we explore the idea of divorce because this isn't changing magically. This isn't changing as soon as they get married. I think all of us are pretty aware of that. Everyone who listens to this pod, I'm sure, is like, yeah, duh, okay? But, um, oh my God, you guys. I was I was screaming at the TV. I was like, say it, Kyle. Say it. But this is the thing. Once Amanda gets that power back, once Amanda has that dominance, like, Kyle, you fucked up again. Kyle has to resume that role of being the fuck up in the relationship. You know, as soon as Kyle cheated, America or whoever watches the show, viewers, America, viewers formed an opinion like once a cheater, always a cheater kind of thing. But if you stay, you cannot hold that against the person. And that is then on Amanda because you're in control of your own happiness at the end of the day. Um, so we got nowhere. I thought this could have, this, I really was expecting Kyle to say something, say like, you nag me all the time. Nothing is good enough. And you don't help me out. But anytime he does bring stuff up, she just shuts him down. So I'm not saying Kyle is a good guy by any means. Kyle's got his own issues, especially when it comes to drinking. But the problem is he's built an entire career on drinking. He owns a liquor brand. Now, mind you, I know one can own a liquor brand or sell liquor or et cetera and not drink it, but it's not too easy to do that. And his personality, I mean, he started a show called Summer House about friends that go to the Hamptons on weekends to get blackout drunk basically. That's Kyle. Kyle from day one. From day one, he's been the bad drunk on the show. So for him to knock that part off and be like controlled and uh, responsible with his drinking, it's like, well, what's his brand? That's kind of what he's known for. And now Amanda is known for being the wet blanket at a party. 
And then she tries to like overcompensate by being like, look at me. I'm having so much fun. Like I, I was at the 4th of July party where she was playing with the like um, floaty thing, trying to have fun. And Danielle was like, that is not good. Don't that doesn't that looks bad. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's just not good. But anyway, you would think that was like the end of the episode, but that was right at the beginning. So moving on, back in the house, Andrea cannot read a room. (laughs) It's clearly so somber and there have been tears shed. And Andrea keeps trying, not keeps, but he tries at one point to like give Paige like a long lingering hug. And she's like, okay, and goes and hugs Amanda. And he is still standing there like, so no hug? We're not? Okay, got it. He's actually a little too much, honestly. I get I get what's happened. He's kind of confused. He's been sort of led on. So he's just doing the same thing he's always been doing, but this time Paige isn't really responding. It's just uncomfortable to watch. And then Carl. Carl goes on a date on camera. That's a lot of pressure. You know, it's already awkward as hell to do the dates with alcohol. Now he's sober. And I can tell you myself, I, I don't have, well, not, not, I'm getting it back. But when I quit drinking, my sex drive went down. I was like, do you, uh, do I even have one? And the thought of going on a date sober, are you, no, thank you. Not right now. Not yet. Not ready. So I felt his pain and then I felt even happier that now him and Lindsay are together so he doesn't have to go on an awkward date again, ever again. They're together forever, okay? They have to be. I love them. Okay, calm down. Leave it to Lindsay, okay? Leave it to Lindsay to have, because usually these like scenes where they go to the doctor and talk about like freezing eggs, I tune out. I'm like, I don't care. And I kind of thought I'd tune out for this as well. But when she finds out that she has a young ovaries, 28 year old ovaries, the way she celebrates with Danielle, it had me. And then as she's walking in to get the exam, she's like a young in the ovaries, Botox in the face. I mean, she's MVP baby. Now we get a party in the city, though. We rarely get to see them party in the city. It's usually just in the Hamptons, but they have a lover boy event happening in the city. Everett is there, or as Lindsay calls him, Everito. She just loves to add that Icho at the end. And so the girls, Maya, Danielle, and Paige, they like download about the Amanda conversation. And Maya is the only one to be like, how did Kyle feel? And they're like, oh, uh, we were just worried about if she was mad at us or not. <laughs> so we don't even know, which is the problem. They're only concerned concerned about their friend, which is fine. But they're also kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, enabling Amanda to play this victim role in her own relationship. Paige is able to admit that she likes Craig. And listen, guys, I know that I shouldn't be excited that now she's just going to lean into liking Craig. 
but I understood how they landed here. Because I feel like modern relationships often start where you're dishonest about what you really want. Mainly because you don't want to get hurt, number one. And two, maybe you really aren't sure. Maybe you think you do want to play the field. And so when you start out like that, it's hard to change the rules. And, to, and Because if you do change the rules, then you're probably breaking up if the other person doesn't want that same thing, you know? If I can relate to something in a relationship, I've said it before, I'll say it again, not a good sign because I've only had bad ones. Um, but yeah, I'm like relieved. I'm like, okay, yes, let's get rid of Andrea because that's making me uncomfortable. Just focus on this relationship. I'm sure it's toxic, but literally 70% of relationships in this world are toxic. Okay. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. It's her life. I, I would actually love to see them continue. I want to see them get married. I want to see Craig just keep making a fool of himself because he will. You know, he will. And we can be like, that's Paige's man. You know, when he does. I mean, the guy is an accident attorney. Like those, like, I don't know where you guys live, but in L.A., we have these cheesy commercials where it's this. The one that's going right now in L.A. is this guy, uh, Jacob M. Ronnie. And he is the official lawyer for what he's like aligning himself with some L.A. sports team. And it's got a little jingle. That's Craig. But in but in South Carolina. That's Craig. <laughs> and that's Paige's man. So I'm down to see more and just be like, ooh, Paige, that's your man. So at this lover boy event, Kyle is talking to his friend, Brett, and Brett Brett's title card says I think it says Kyle's best friend and Kyle is like Kyle this is the most toxic thing to say he says the fact that we're still together after all we've been through says a lot no it doesn't this is no it doesn't because you're not in a good place staying with someone is not a brave decision Okay, we're looking at dysfunction at its highest degree. So then right before he has this conversation right before he goes up to make the like, thanks for coming, everyone speech with Amanda. Now, was this speech scripted? Because this was like a comedy. It was so bad. He's like. I mean, this is a lover boy event. People are there for a lover boy event. And he's up there with with Amanda. It's for his birthday. Or is it for his birthday? Whatever. It's his birthday. And he's like incorporating that into the speech. He's supposed to be at least. And he goes, some people haven't been very supportive of our relationship. Been taking any opportunity they can get to talk about it. And what I really need right now is support. I mean, Amanda's standing up there with him so she can't. So she gets up and she walks away. And Lindsay goes, let's take photos. Uh, She's like, what did I miss? I'm not going to lie. I've watched that. I've watched it like three times, that scene. It's so bad. But like it's it's like an SNL sketch bad. Maybe I'll like reenact it. Anyway, next time we're going to get, we're going to (laughs) get Lindsay, Austin, and Sierra in a literal love triangle where he's literally kissing 
Sierra and Lindsay in the same episode. I mean, that's a first. Okay. That's a first for us. Honestly, it is. I don't even think they did that on Vanderpump Rules. Okay. So buckle up. All right, let's move over to New Jersey and Salt Lake City. And this is what I did with my guests for today. We recapped both these shows. My first guest has been on the pod before, Lauren, at The Zen Blonde on TikTok and Instagram. She's blowing up on TikTok, but she used that platform to very smartly launch her own podcast and corresponding YouTube channel. And it's a perfect format for her because she's a dive queen. She gets deep into things. So the format of podcasting is flawless for that because there's no censorship. There's no time constraint. So she has joined forces with her friend, John Joseph, and it's at it's John Joseph. Was that confusing or what? At it's John Joseph on TikTok and Instagram. He's also huge, over 500,000 followers on TikTok. But they have been doing a lot together on her podcast because they both do the dives and they both get down and dirty with it. Um, these are the people, like I said in the beginning of this episode, that don't share my opinions on housewives. So I'm interested to see how you guys like having this different perspective. Um I'm not going to lie. I didn't like it. (laughs) I did not like it. Okay. I feel like I needed to call my friend after and be like, okay, we like Lisa Barlow, right? I'm going to start screening my guests. No, I'm just kidding. I shouldn't. I should. Well, no, I should. What am I saying? I should know what I'm getting into. I should send them like a questionnaire. Where do you stand on these issues? But what if they what if they get back to me and I'm like, okay, never mind. Thank you for your time. You're not coming on the podcast. Huh. It's worth it's worth thinking about. I would never. But anyway, enjoy. All right. So I'm gonna give you guys a vote on which one you want to start with because both New Jersey and Salt Lake City were very dynamic. Um, who wants to do Jersey first and end with Salt Lake City? We'll do yeah, let's do okay. that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Jersey, Um, I need to just first get a state of the union from you guys. Um, Where are you landing on the Jen versus Marge of it all? Oh, God. Mm. I mean, I. I can honestly see both sides and I know that's such an annoying answer, but I'm there, too. I'm having such a hard time forming like a strong opinion because I'm like they all are kind of doing they keep on going at Jen and sometimes it's such a low dig, but I've seen Jen do the exact same. And when I heard Jen say her reasoning about how Margot like triggers her, um, with bragging about the affair or that's kind of how she put it. I was like, Oh my gosh, it all makes sense. And I, I totally get it. Like, you know, I, I remember being on like a trip once where like, this girl was cheating on her boyfriend and I couldn't be nice to her because I was just like, I thought it was like, so, so messed up. And so I I totally get that like energy of like being so frustrated with somebody committing a wrong because either you've been affected by it or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm 50, 50. I'm 50. 50. Jen annoys me too. I can see both sides, but I will say the one thing about New Jersey housewives that I think is different from all the other franchises for me is that 
I can equally like each housewife and also equally like dislike each housewife at the same time. And I, I have a really hard time feeling sorry for, for Jen, just because she has been so cutthroat and so mean and like so below the belt to all of these women. And now the roles are reversing and now she's like gonna somewhat play victim over it. And it's like, what were the last three years you've been on this show, you have been nothing but a pain in everyone's ass. So. I don't know. That's right. Like, it's where, like, my, it's like when Ramona, if something were to happen to Ramona, I'd be like, well, you're also like the Ramona coaster. Like, I don't really, like, it's hard for me to, like, sympathize with you. But I also do. I get it. Like, when you're triggered by something, you're triggered by something. I, um, I can't seem to, like, land on my feelings on it because, like you said, um, Lauren, last episode when Marge and Jen had that conversation uh, about, like, how, she, how Jen completely blames herself for the affair, which is why, like, she looks at Marge and thinks, oh my God, you're so like kind of shameless about something so horrible and was triggered. Um, that all was very eye-opening. And it seemed like even Marge saw, you know, saw like a little room maybe for them to help each other because I feel like Marge could even enlighten Jen on being less misogynistic. But Jen is so deeply embedded in her culture that it unfortunately has a lot of deeply misogynistic beliefs. And so I thought, ooh, this could be like a cool friendship where Marge, like liberal Marge, could kind of help open up Jen to see that Bill is actually the one who did that. It had nothing to do with you. But then this episode, Jen just doesn't really seem to even want to accept any responsibility for the things she has said and done. And so but then also everyone else keeps doing the same thing. So it's kind of like when this person, like when Teresa's like, you don't back me up, Joe Gorga, then she doesn't back up. Ter- she doesn't back up Joe when Jen says something. And then like everyone is basically pointing fingers and they kind of all do the same thing. So like you said, John, they're all kind of an even split on. I love and I don't like all of you the same. Um, the awkwardness of this barbecue when, so Teresa's like stormed out, she's left. Jen's been like, oh my God, Teresa left, but they all are still congregating at this party. And Teresa shows up with Louie and really thinks that they can just act like nothing happened. And this is okay. So Teresa knows how to be very careful for cameras, but this is starting to actually kind of bug me that she thinks she can be like, I left in a fit. No, I didn't. I didn't leave in a fit. What are you talking about? It's like, okay, but it's on camera and we're going to talk about it. Um, And she's like defending Louie. I get it that she's defending Louie. However, I have been kind of on the fence with like labeling Louie as a bad guy because I've seen enough dives on him to realize like, okay, this might be as like X was being crazy. Maybe he was just at a retreat for like men do things like this. It's not uncommon that they do these retreats. But the way he acted in this scene made me a little concerned when he when he says to Margaret, you on your best day couldn't intimidate me. I was like, what? Um, She wasn't what? And the way he threatens Teresa when she keeps cutting him off and he's like, I'm going to leave. How else will she learn or something like that? It, It was the the look on his face, the energy he had, mind you, we've only seen self-help Louie when he was like bringing the families together for a kumbaya moment. It was a glimpse into the side that I've been concerned about. Teresa wouldn't clock those things. Teresa's just like, he just wants to fuck me all day long. I love that. She loves to ignore red flags. Yeah, she's yeah. she's got a horrible judge of character. So 
in this moment, I actually went back to being like, "Uh oh, I'm a little concerned about Louie. Where are you guys landing on this? I honestly, I can see how everyone wants to give him a chance. I definitely feel uh oh about him. Um, that was a huge red flag. He was treating Teresa like a Pavlovian dog. It's like she, he was going to like leave her a treat if she behaves, but if mm. she doesn't behave, he's going to withdraw. Like, it's like, I think sometimes people like that are abusive. I don't want to put the word abusive in. That's too harsh. People that are problematic in relationships could go to a retreat like that and learn some new tools that make them even better at like covering their tracks. And like, he's on a TV show. He you know, listen, I hope it works out for them. And I hope that I'm completely wrong. But when Gio was on what, what, watch what happens live saying they shouldn't get a prenup. I'm like, this is why a 21 year old does not belong in this conversation. She has no idea what she's talking about. I bet you her mother is eating up any positive anything she can get um, to feed into the delusion because she wants to believe this is a perfect relationship, but there's a lot of red flags. And I just, yeah, but also Teresa has such a bad judge of character and then when you were you mentioned the thing about her being like I didn't leave all upset or whatever like she loves to gaslight the viewers when we just watched something and then she (laughs) gaslights us and she's like what I love my sister huh I'm best friends with this person and she plays stupid and then I'm like oh my gosh and then I like fall for it stupidly even though I just watched it so I feel like when you're that delusional and you're that out of touch it's hard for you to have a healthy relationship and on the other end, I don't trust Teresa at all. Like she's like, she's so sweet and she knows how to put a face on, but I don't trust her. So I also wouldn't be surprised if she's telling her man, like, play it up for the camera. We'll talk about it later. Cause I, cause she knows she's the, she's the, she's the OG of that whole show and she knows how to play it up for camera. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is some sort of back behind the scenes stuff, but at the same time the way he talks down to her is like so inappropriate and so wrong. And it's like, I don't really think you can tell someone to do that on, unless you're like really, but I don't think she's that right? manipulative. I think she's manipulative, but I don't think she's that manipulative. Also when he said it, like the way he explained the video uh, was, was like, Oh, oh that's not what happened. Cause we, the video was him saying, I'm sorry, I want to marry you. And in the, in his explanation, it was, I was breaking up with her and it's like if there was an inconsistency with his ex, I was really excited for him to explain it. I was I was like, here we go. He's going to be like, look, something happened. I needed to check myself and I went there to beg for forgiveness, but it didn't work out in the end. Instead, he just lied about it. And then it gave me even more pause. I think, too, the cameras hold up a mirror. So if you let's just say there was no cameras, how would have this gone down? Would he have addressed it? Would he have? been accountable for it would he have said anything about it probably not but all those guys from the retreat are what probably watching him on the show the camera mm. is 100 a mirror it's like that like whatever that psych test is where like if you put a mirror in front of a kid when they're about to and leave candy in front of them and tell them not to take it when the mirror is there they don't take the candy oh so yeah. So oh, I should eat in front of a mirror then. Th- that's why they put <laughs> <laughs> <You don't> me. <laughs> they, they um that's why they put mirrors sometimes in stores. I I've seen like stuff with that. There's some psychology behind that, but the camera is kind of like that too. You're gonna see yourself. I mean, I don't know. I think it alters your behavior. Teresa's so. also probably now that now that you said that, paranoid because she had her relationship with Joe 
because she was just happy to be in denial and on, you know, if ever asked, like, so do you think Joe treats you bad? She'd be like, no. And then they'd flash back to a clip of him being a complete terror to her or him on the phone at the winery. Yeah, they love that flashback. And then she just denies it to Andy's face at the reunions. She's just used to that. So she knows that cameras will capture anything and they'll replay it and they'll use flashbacks of it, which is probably why she's like, don't say one word. But he can't be you can't have him on the show next to you. If you want him there as your date, unfortunately, then he's agreeing to be on camera and then it's a free for all. Well, also the men in Jersey, like I feel like especially with Jersey, I like I love to watch the men. Like I think that they're very fascinating. And so if you're bringing a man into that show, you have to think that they're going to get camera time and they're going to be heard because I think out of all the franchises, we know the men of Jersey better than most of the other franchises. Like we're very tight. Exactly. They're open. They're on camera. They kind of are, they're part of the appeal of the show. So she has to know what she's getting herself into. She's been doing this for so long. You can't just have him next to you. Not speaking no. one word. Like no. that would be so creepy. Like Louis just next to her. Never talks. Not going to work. How do you guys land on? So Jen on online called Joe Gorga crook and her explanation for why she said it was really funny. She was like, it was hearsay already. They were like, they already came on the show and said you were not paying people. And it was retaliation for what Melissa had wrote. Uh, then she calls Joe a little bitch girl for getting involved and how do you, do you think Teresa should have stood up and said, watch your mouth at that moment? Uh, like, yeah, uh, towards, <laughs> yeah. towards Jen. Yeah, yeah, but they don't protect each other. Uh, Joe and Melissa, not sorry, Joe, Melissa, Joe and Teresa love to pretend that they protect one another and they don't. They're the first people to go behind each, do something malicious towards one another and then go, but that's my sister. That's my brother. And then they're like getting all defensive over it, but they just did something that like proves that they don't really have that much loyalty towards one another. So I, I don't think that we're ever going to get a moment where Teresa ever really stands up for him or does yeah. anything in that way, because I think she somewhat believes it. I mean, I think that she, I think she's one of those people where I don't think she's vindictive or like malicious in a, in like a way that she's trying to be. But I sometimes think that she's one of those people that's kind of like a sponge for information. And if you're in the room with her and you say, Joe is bad, she takes it into consideration. And then she goes into the next room and someone's like, Joe's good. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I love my brother. Hmm. Like she kind of just agrees with what's around. And so I think it's kind of hard for her to function because what you said is to me exactly what it is. I think Teresa believes what Jen is saying and Joe and Melissa believe what like Margaret and Jackie are saying. And so that is the hard part because they actually do believe the person that's attacking the other one. So it's like hard for them to stand up because they're like, well, they're right. And so th this is like, this is the quandary they've been in, like the civil war they've been in since they came on the show. It's like, I can't go back to a place where they're feuding. I just can't. I cannot go back to the civil war of the the Gorgas and Judices. I just, I can't. No, it's so funny because when they fight, and because Melissa's my favorite, Melissa and Dolores are like my top two. Like I, I'm obsessed with them. But whenever they fight with Teresa, like Melissa and Joe fight with Teresa, for whatever reason, I can't stand Melissa in that, in that moment. <laughs> but it's, I think part of me is like, this is a family dynamic you guys can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. So I think that's why they're listening to their friends because it's mm. like, I can't pick my brother, but I can choose my friends. And I choose to hear what this person's saying. Yeah. Um, so when Melissa gets up, I was so confused by this move. Like she got, I thought she was maybe trying to leave, but when she got up, 
and like charge towards Jennifer. I was like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. It wasn't it wasn't the right move because even I was like, is she getting up to do something physical? Um, And so when Jennifer grabbed her, I kind of understood sort of what was happening. Where do you guys land on it? Because I still need to like watch it 10 times before I can like understand my thoughts on that. I think Melissa has threatened violence so many times towards Jen. I, I, I can see why she had that reaction. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Also like, I'm sorry, even though like she didn't touch her the way that she charged at her, like was grounds for Jennifer grabbing her. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, that was was that was jarring. That was very jarring. And again, this is like why sometimes I swear to God, these Jersey people stress me out a little bit sometimes. (laughs) And also I'm stressed. Well, and Melissa can, I know she can fight. I never seen her fight, but I know she can. I know that she, she doesn't just like she, you are walking funny afterwards. You have battle wounds all over and she walks away with not a scratch on her body. Like I know, I know that's how she gets down. I kind of agree with you. I would have gotten the first hand too. I would have been terrified because she got like she came from so far remember on atlanta when they had the pillow talk fight remember the the pajama party fight Did yeah. you guys watch atlanta yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. when kenya started charging and walking to her that's what created the whole thing and everyone agreed like you do not if everyone's sitting and you're you get up and start walking towards the person it's very aggressive and you're gonna you're asking for it yeah. Uh, so she baited it. And I mean, I love the producers getting into it, though. I love the bodyguards just standing there. I love that now they just know security needs to be on hand for Jersey, which is honestly the most violent franchise. Yes, it is. It they is. always they fight every single season multiple times. My friends that are really into like reality TV that like like the really like 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 the Jersey Shore watchers and people like that. I always tell them watch. Real Housewives of New Jersey, because there will be physical altercations <laughs> at least once a season, if not, you it's know, not three times. multiple they, times. Like the hair pulling, the yes. table flipping, like you will see it all. It's it's iconic. But there's always kind of the threat of it, because I always kind of think even the men always like feel like they're on the edge of flying off the rails when they're oh, in arguments. Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. everyone gets so in each other's faces and everyone's turning like a different shade of red than they yes. were before from their sunburn. And it, it genuinely like. <laughs> So anyway, now you guys understand where they're like, up. they're um, like mood rings, <laughs> like they're like mood rings changing yes. as they get more and more angry. It's like, yeah, uh oh, it's like that Disney movie Inside Out, the little red guy that yes. just like Joe Gorga turns into him. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> that's a great comparison. I'm stealing that and making a meme. You're more than welcome to. I will not give you credit. No, you don't need to. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, so Dolores. I was wondering where she was going to land on this. I agree. I agree. She, she, she's been in Jersey from day one, not even on the show, just like living in this world. And she said perfectly once. And I, it always sticks with me when, when Siggy came on the show and Siggy was like freaking out about something happening. And Dolores in her confessional says, I'm very familiar with this part of the zoo. I've been here for a while. And I was like, that is why she can be like Kim D's friend and still Teresa's friend and Caroline's friend. She knows that like kind of everyone is wrong and is until they come for her, she knows how to stay like fair. She calls it fair. She doesn't back down when she gets to the other group of people. If she disagrees with them, she will always hold her ground and she's stuck by Jennifer's side. And I was like, okay, girl. 
I think that she's the most ride or die person on the show. And I just, I think she, everyone needs a friend like her. I think Dolores is just so great. And I love that she humanizes everyone. Like she, she knows how to explain people so that you understand where they're coming from. Like whenever she talks about Teresa or even Jen, like two people that are kind of like, you can be either, either way on them. She describes them in such a perfect way. You're like, ugh. I just, I love you. I love you. You're the greatest. I love but- Frank. Frank ominously goes, this is not the end of it. But he's like, <laughs> I'll just stay out of it. Like, this is why Jersey, it's like, Lauren, the fact that you grew up there and can relate to this on a personal level, maybe you don't connect with what I'm about to say, but I, growing up in Los Angeles, Jersey couldn't be further from what I grew up with. So this is like watching characters in a movie. Like they basically scripted this and I can escape to a land of make-believe, even though this is real, I'm still living in a place of like, this is casino. Yeah. When uh, they're in like their backyards and like, even like the, like the things they have out to eat and stuff. And I'm like, it just, it, it very much that that's why I did not watch it until this year. Genuinely. It's crazy. But I mean, to the point where Louie went to my high school, he was just a lot older than me. Oh my goodness. So I, I, I'll tell you guys some tea off camera. Unfortunately, I can't share anything on camera, but, um, you know, I definitely have reasons to believe that like some of the the former claims about the ex-wife were real and stuff like that from her were real. And so, yeah. Every listener hates, every listener hates Lauren right now. (laughs) When I tell you it's, it's and I will never tell you listeners it's privileged information. (laughs) I I know. Oh my God. You know, you just hear gossip around the town, but, um, wow. when When you're, when you're posting about these things and stuff, it's interesting who actually knows certain people and stuff, my friend. So literally I lived, lived in a really small town. I was on the Jersey border in New York and Louie was like my friend, Kristen's um, like older neighbor, older guy neighbor. That was like, probably like, I guess 20 something maybe when she was pretty little. So um, she remembers him from around the neighborhood, but he was so much older than us that, you know, I didn't get any high school gossip, but I did definitely. I have reason to believe, you know, just saying. I need to point something out because the next day they, they keep saying that Jen called Joe a bitch boy. And I would like to clarify, it was a bitch girl. It was even worse. It was a bitch girl. And they will, they repeat it over and over again. And I'm like, can someone please remind everyone that Jen went hard enough to say your little bitch girl. I just needed to point that out because the she, reunion is going to be so lit when they bring that up. Right. But Teresa and Louie in bed, like she was, Teresa's trying to talk about how, you know, emotionally affected she was by it. And he like cuts her off and says, can you just stop talking and uh, make out with me? And I get why she would love that because she's simple minded and just wants to be loved, you know? But I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I didn't like that. I did not like that controlling thing you just did there. Mm-mm. red flag and also red flag. you're shutting down communication what about what happens when the honeymoon's owner over and you don't want to make out with each other 24 7 and you want to have a conversation about something but you want to know the greatest thing about Teresa, even if you're being treated like crap the honeymoon's never over because she lives in la la land it's true it's so i upsetting. envy her <laughs> i do t- i and okay i this is so sick but when she was with joe I was like going through a breakup when I watched the series and I literally remember being like, why can't I be like Teresa and Joe and just be in La La Land and pretend everything's okay. She looks so happy. (laughs) He's miserable, but it doesn't matter because she's happy. And that's all that matters is that she just, she's thriving. In her reality, she's (laughs) fine. 
she's, she's like always right. Yeah. She's always right. She's never done anything wrong. She's perfect. And I'm like, but I think you believe that. And I'm jealous of that. I, Do you think I'm when so she jealous. was in prison, she like was like, she just convinced herself she's at the Four Seasons? Yeah. Oh, great question. Great. Like, question. She's like, this is great. Like, I love this. Like, oh my God, I love this so much. Like, it's amazing. I think I that Teresa, my fans. Teresa can disassociate like nobody else. I just yeah, struggle just because the details that she spilled from being in prison, like, I'm still like bothered by the stuff that she shared. I, know. I don't know how much she could have disassociated. Right? Okay, yeah. I'm, glad, guys, I'm glad we all talked about this. What did, what, what did she say about it that was so bothersome? Okay, I'm not trying to be graphic, but she did mention certain smells that were happening because women were getting together and there was some smells happening oh that she God. couldn't, like, and she was talking about this on camera and I remember being like, oh, what is going on right now? Like, yeah, she was talking <laughs> about, like, how she could totally hear them getting it on and just she she just was like she went to a different place and she acted like she was happy for them she's like i said good for you and i said what she remember she had them acted out remember that was that weird scene where they were at some bridal show i remember what it was but uh part of me wonders if she was doing stuff for shock value because she mentioned like the tuna smell she was like it smelled like tuna and i'm like are you just doing this to you know people say outlandish things to get people to like be all riled up and stuff and i'm like are you doing this for the show or did this really happen because I hope, I hope that she, I, I don't know. I just, the whole thing's so, cr- I, I always felt so bad for her because I felt like Joe just sold, not yes. Joe, is it Joe? He just yeah. sold her down the river. Yeah. And, yeah. and and never truly apologized for it. No, and he still hasn't. And he it still drives hasn't. me crazy. He's still so entitled. Oh and God, that's why it makes did- me crazy when the, when the daughters don't really see that like there was just all sorts of layers of this. But you know what, when you're in that, like, I used to watch like mob wives and stuff. And when you're in that headspace and you're like, like that, that old school mob <laughs> mentality is there, like they raise you to totally. idolize your dad and to think your dad's the greatest thing. And he's out there doing God knows what with God knows who. And then you're sitting here and you have this like blind, like you're defending him and stuff. Totally. But I also was living for him in Gia's fight because when she was like defending the dad a little bit, I was like, I'm happy she has a voice now because she seems like she's very strong. And I oh. like that. I think, I think she's taken after her uncle in that way of like sticking to her morals and like sticking up for what she believes in. And I think that's great given what she's been through as a kid and everything. Right. Dolores told the cutest story about the, the first time her and Frank went out for New Year's Eve back in the day. He wanted to spend the night with her. And so that he wasn't allowed to sleep in the room with her. So he had a little like, like thing on the, on the floor next to the couch woke up to her mom pouring holy water on him <laughs> and he thought the dog was peeing on him and she first of all i have to say in that photo he was so attractive i mean they both were so they were such a good looking couple oh. but i'm like i i don't like look twice at him now but like he was really he was cute what's happened I now s- is it a facelift that went wrong or something i don't know what his deal is i, I, I oh yeah Cause it's like some, it's like he got work done that didn't go right. Settle correctly. Yeah. I'm going to, like he got a facelift like too, like he got a facelift too long ago before they perfected it. Like I remember when my mom's friend, when I was younger, got an eye job before, like they really knew what they were doing and her eyes never looked right. She just looked (laughs) surprised all the time. Yeah. And it looked like, (laughs) and looked like she had like bags under her. It just, nothing ever settled right. Yeah. To to this day. 
like with facelifts, like they say, like, so the really expensive ones now, they actually go through your hairline. They're really, they're like $100,000 with this doctor in LA. But Iconic. what they want to avoid Goals. is the winds, it's called a windswept look. Why yes. I researched this so deeply, don't ask me. But like the person who got the best like parcel, partial facelift is actually Sonia Morgan. And she advertised it on this doctor, Dr. Giacono's site, who um, I had a boss. She got a husband. great facelift. He does Sonia a great looks job. so great. Yeah. But you don't get that windswept look. You know what I mean? Of like, it's almost like there's something weird going on near where your ear and your face attaches or something. Yes. And you know who also got a good one was um, Tamra. She just did a lower. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. It was gorge. Great. She, Tamra Great looks work. so good. She Tamra looks, looks, she looks better I, than ever, honestly. She, she looks like, bring her back. Bring Tamra back. <laughs> bring her back. It was a bring really stupid move to bring back Heather without Tamra. Uh, 100%. Get rid of Noella and bring in, bring in. <laughs> Tamra, please. <laughs> Tamra, please. Um, okay, so the pink party's happening. I, I'm actually relieved Jen wasn't there also, just because I was mm-hmm. like, I just need a little reprieve from this. It's too fresh. Um, but I, this is where our queen Dolores, she comes in and she's uh, not afraid icon. to say to a group full of people that don't agree with her, I understand why she grabbed you, Melissa. You don't get up walk all the way over to someone without it feeling like a threat. And of course they all disagree. Marge hates that Dolores supports Jen and Marge and Dolores are tight. I see them on each other's Instagram all the time. Marge's husband, Joe loves Dolores, but Dolores, she, she stands her ground no matter what. I love seeing her in a, in a group of people all disagreeing with her and she doesn't look intimidated. She's just she also doesn't look like she's worried that they're not going to listen to her. She's just saying her piece. Listen or not listen. That's what I feel. We missed. Oh, she should have been on Mob Wives. Uh, right. Um, Joe and Joe and Teresa are talking, and this is going to be the way they, they end this episode, which makes sense. Because here we go again with Joe being like, why don't you back me up? Because she said this stuff about me being a crook. And then in comes Tracy. There's usually a new person that comes in that tries to be like, <laughs> I'll shed some light on this family, family drama that's been going on for a decade. And Teresa's face when she realizes Tracy is getting involved is that like blank stare Teresa goes to where she's like, well, how do you think this is going to play out? Are we going to see any resolution ever? No. No, never. There's never resolution never. with Teresa. It gets swept under the rug, and then like two seasons from now, we get brought up again. Oh, you're right. Actually, <laughs> and they're gonna have to like insert a flashback to yeah. this very scene. She's like, like, I never said that. I yeah. never said that. I don't know why I get so annoyed when new people interject. Like, yeah. I know that's. I'm like, you don't have the right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know with why. Jersey. Yes, it's family. It's deep rooted. This has been going on since before the show was ever a thing. So shut your mouth and just. Get your paycheck and be it's quiet. Like, mind your business. And then they're like, yes. I'm fighting for my spot here. And like, it's like, we, we like forget that. And it's like, I'm sure they're, they're pressured by producers to stick their, you know, insert themselves in these things. But it annoys me. I'm like, I agree. Uh, what do you guys think of Tracy? I, I just don't understand really why she's there yet. Um, yeah. When you said that, when you said, uh, that they have to fight for their spot. It then made me think, oh, and that is why we haven't been able to get a new housewife on Jersey for a while, because fighting for your spot means fighting with Teresa and Jackie's the only one that's been able to really do that and stay on the show. 
I don't know. I don't really want Tiki Barber anywhere near my screen because Tiki Barber is so problematic. Um, I thought that was a really strange choice. Um, but I get why whenever Bravo has a chance to bring in someone sports related, they fucking love it because yeah. it's like they're, you know, they're gay guys being like, ooh, straight people. And they get excited for that. I, well, as Whitney Houston said, I don't think of her. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, uh, I grew up like hearing about Tiki Barber all the time. He's a New York giant. Right. So. Yeah, I mean that's like a huge get for them, but I haven't heard any of the problematic stuff. I must I must have missed those Bravo oh. posts. Oh yeah, so. no, he okay, so just real quick, real, real brief. When the NFL, when a bunch of people came out and said they've experienced all this racism in the yeah. NFL, Tiki was their like token black guy to get up and be like, I've never personally experienced racism. And so he was like defending the NFL and div- and like discrediting the claims. So, oh, of God. course, black people are like, hi, can you go away now? It's like when black people support Trump. Remember when Trump used to like get in trouble and then he'd like put a black person on camera first, like to be like at the rallies or something. It was like, it was like that when was Paula Dean, like did, did all those racist things and then brought her one like black friend on TV uh-huh. uh, and like actually like managed to say some kind of like low like high key low key racist things like about the guy while he's on tv um describing the the, the level that he's like the most black black person and that's why it proves that she's not racist um but it's funny because it's like he's uh, he was almost like how his wife was being to the nfl except it was much more serious inserting himself where he he should have just not said anything and should have just he should have just been like no guys and don't discredit victims. Like you can't no. like say it's like you know like recently uh, I'm not going to name any names, but a singer came out and was like, "Well, I've never experienced anything problematic with Dr. Luke." And it's like, "Well, you can't discredit Kesha just because you've had a great working experience with someone." Like, shut your mouth. You shouldn't have said anything. There was no reason to respond to that. Your PR person should have said, "Throw that question away." Like, yep. and if you don't want to answer it, don't answer it. Like, I'd rather you not answer the question than come out and actually you know what come out and show me your true colors so i can d- dislike you right well yeah i was like dakota johnson with army hammer being like that was just not my personal experience and it's like i'm so happy Ugh. for you that's that who you i was thinking of yeah from hollywood royalty and that you probably get treated like a gem on set as opposed for to like sure. some random girl that has nothing to do with like being tied to a job or like being tied to like a, a illustrious family so it's just so funny when people are in their little bubbles but uh tiki if he was gonna say anything should have been like you know what just because i haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not real you know i find it hard to believe he hasn't experienced any racism that's why it's like taking no you didn't um all right that wraps up jersey let's move it all Uh, to salt lake city let's go i'm ready Uh, you are my body is ready my body is ready okay i love the jenny disclaimer right at the top where they're like this was before we knew about the facebook posts i'm like no you guys totally knew about those facebook posts but okay sure we're gonna play that game i was kind of expecting them to just edit jenny out like, why did we even get a Jenny package? But they gave it to us. Um, Andy, I found, was being like extra, extra stir the potty on this oh, one. He first he walks in and tells Jen, I just want to I love how he's on camera. Camera's on him. He's like, I just want to say this here on camera that Erica did not get the questions ahead of time. Do you believe that? 
Yeah. I do too. So yeah, many people are I saying do. they don't. I'm like, I don't think she got anything ahead of time. I think one thing we need to know about Bravo is they do not protect their housewives, especially their problematic housewives. And they're going to do anything to throw that pot. He walks into Meredith's dressing room and he's like, he's like, so how are you doing? And you just watch those final episodes. How that must have been so hard to hear her behind that door. I'm like, Andy, you are just making sure they are prepared to fight each other in this thing. Good, as he should. Anything to have Lisa Barlow come down on her tower. Oh, uh-oh, we're about to fight. Okay. Um, uh, Lisa, right when right when we get to the set, Lisa gives us her Jenny. Hi, baby girl. The set looks like the Matterhorn at Disneyland. I thought I liked it. That's my favorite Disney ride. Right? I was like, this isn't bad. It's just like, it literally looked like, like the fake ice shit and everything going on. So Jen, where do you guys land on Jen? Is she entertaining or is, are you just like, I'm done. You're a crook. I'm done with her. I thought Mary was more entertaining. Yeah. I, I'm done with Jen too. And I sometimes like with the, the more that the days go on, the more she's like cosplaying a Kardashian. I don't know if you guys, guys have noticed that even in her diction, some of her words, she started like talking, like she sounds like Kim Kardashian. Like, I don't oh. know. Just watch the reunion again. But I was like, damn, she's really cosplaying a Kardashian. She feels like she's on that level of reality TV. And I don't know if you guys saw the article about her wanting to like onboard Kim as her lawyer. Yeah, and making oh, like, and like for real, she oh means my that? god, she's making like a joke about it, but like she, it seemed kind of serious. Take a nap, like I'm so done. Yeah, it's just it's it's not even entertaining anymore. It's just like you need to stop. It's not funny. You're not making great TV. You're just being annoying at this point, and you're like affecting genuine people that I think are on. I do think there's genuine people on that show, and she brings out the worst in everyone. See now, and, go ahead, Lauren. The, well, comparing yourself to the innocent people that came has actually successfully helped get out of jail yeah. got like a weed charge like fucking 50 years ago or whatever yes. it was that have been stuck in jail over a little bag of weed like comparing yourself to the innocent people like she is on a level of delusion i you would have to be to be okay to be even be on tv with the sentence or with the charges that she has up against her i agree you know? i agree you and also be- she immediately goes to that cry face where she just starts crying and i am like i hate it i hate when she starts to go to the place of crying jen it's like it's immediate it's it's fake it's victimy i just can't i i'm i'm done finding her entertaining i know a lot of people do i just i wish i could be there because they're not firing her anytime soon Ugh, but i just oh, no you back up <laughs> So that brings me to this question then. Since you dislike Jen so much, yeah. how come you like Heather who supports Jen wholeheartedly? Because I, I think we all a little bit identify with Heather a little bit because she just wants to believe the good in everyone. And you, you have to remember there's religious trauma there and she doesn't have a good relationship with her own family. And I think that sometimes when that happens, lines are blurred and you make your own family. And so when you're, you're, you went through something traumatic with your own, you, your friends become your family. And I think that sometimes you put a little bit too much pressure and weight on those relationships. And so I think her blind defensiveness comes from feeling like I can't go through another loss again. And I think that that's not being translated over very well on camera, but it seems like that's the deep rooted issue. Okay. I, I grew up Mormon. So I like kind Ooh. of identify with what she's gone through. Like 
So you see yourself degree. in Heather. I do to a certain degree when it comes to relationships, because when you leave, I was never baptized. My mom and my brothers were, my dad wouldn't let me. But when you leave the church, you are disowned from life. Like people, they avoid you in grocery stores, people that you were like at their house for dinner and stuff. And so you're so desperate for connection. I think that sometimes you can get caught up with the wrong people because a lot of sketchy people are very loyal to you because they expect you to be loyal to them. And she's of course going to be so loyal to Heather, even though she's not, but Heather's going to view it as loyalty because she's like, oh my gosh, she's, she's amazing. After all I've been through and all I've lost, I've always had this woman. And it's like, you've only had her because you have your standards are low and you should probably raise them. So you're not hanging out with people that are doing awful things. Yeah, because like the Heather gets a viewer question because the package is Jen's like apology tour. And of course, Andy's like, do you feel like you apologize more than everyone else? And of course, Jen's like, yes. It's like, Andy, don't set her up like that. Uh, And then the viewer question to Heather is, how are you able to move forward with with Jen after she called you Shrek and Honey Boo Boo? And Heather goes, I would rather someone make jokes that I can enjoy. I'm sorry. What? See, yeah. Heather fans don't know why they like her. You're, you're you. right. I'm telling you because my, well, my two, favorites, my two, my two, what? I, I know I'm vile. I love it. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? His my favorite, favorite is house- Meredith. <laughs> oh, don't oh hate God. me. I also love no. Heather Dubrow. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't oh, mind I Heather. Heather. I can't Heather. I can't. Oh, you I hate Heather. Heather Dubrow. I, I oh, view I like cannot. Heather Meredith and Lisa Vanderpump are all on the same tier for me. No, Heather has tried, <laughs> been trying to cosplay Erica Jane from day one with that like swish ponytail that I know she doesn't wear on day to day. I'm sorry, she doesn't get her hair. She got her hair done for that first episode with that ponytail. It was not working for her. And then when she, <laughs> when then when she was trying to read Shan, she was telling Shannon like trying to threaten Shannon. I was like, you don't threaten people like this, and it's just coming off as like really bad acting. She annoys me. She annoys this is about to be a really fun recap because we're just going to be able. I like I actually, Ugh. John. I actually need this perspective because I, I, I here's where I stand on the Lisa Barlow situation. Tell I, me about it, baby gorgeous. I 100% understand <laughs> why she triggers people because I, I always say that. I'm a Heather who wishes they could be a Lisa Barlow. I get Heather. I understand Heather. Lisa Barlow is not easily liked if you are insecure in any way. Lisa Barlow is just doing her own thing. I'm sure she's she's flawed in so many ways. She absolutely like later we'll get to the part where they bring up Jen talking about Koa with Jen on camera, um, which was you know, she wants to say it was for other reasons. I'm like, girl, you were being messy. That's okay. But I feel like she gets Heather's wrath because Heather is still so triggered by her. And it's like she, Heather was coming at her so hard. And I'm like, what did Lisa do to Heather though? It runs you know so what deep I, though. It runs so deep. It so started deep. so long ago with that good time girl stuff. And that, they went to college together. Right. So wasn't that it? Or when did the good, the good time they girl went to, thing that was in college happen in college so i how i envision all this is that heather was really fun and cool back then and probably tried to be friends with lisa and in my mind lisa was probably a mean girl and this started so long ago so imagine the mean girl from college mm-hmm. you're on a reality absolutely TV show with her. you're always going to feel prickly towards that person because you remember that they were such a bitch now rihanna follows you and you're kind of 
you kind of got your sea legs and now you're like, you know what? F this girl. I see what she's doing from a mile away. I do think that Lisa's very manipulative. I, I don't think she's just doing her own thing. I think she is one of those people that if you were friends with her, if you did something to her that upset her, she would leave a little present for you in some little situation in your life that you, you didn't, you wouldn't see coming. You know, I've, I've I known people okay. like that where they, they set you up a little bit where they, they're well, like, I, they mention something or they, you know, they, they do well, she acts like, like she's issue. so high and mighty. And then when she gets called out for her shit, she's like, oh, my God, I would never. It's like just because you do kind things for people doesn't make you a good person. Like bad people do kind things all the time. But she yeah. acts like she just acts like she's so prestigious. And like, girl, I've tasted your Vita tequila and it is garbage. Is it? So, <laughs> oh, my God, I literally I have a video of it. I'll have to send it to you. But I was out at a bar and I see Vita tequila. Wow. It's in this like no no shade. It's just all this is just my reality. Um it's in this like wine bottle and it's a mezcal. And I'm like that's weird. So I have a shot I'm not good with tequila like I like I'm not good with any sort of hard alcohol but I have a shot of it and I like I'm with the, someone I was with I was like can you taste this cuz they love mezcal. They had a sip and they were like, that's so gross. And I was like, really? So I have a sip of it. It was vile, in my opinion. I'm not trying to get in trouble, but vile, 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 vile. Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. It was so gross. And I literally was, and it was the only bottle they had. And so when they showed on the the finale that like really cool looking bottle, I'm like, I didn't see that at the, like, I, I think they had like one or two bottles and they both look like wine bottles. So it's like. I think when I watch, when I watch Lisa, I, I like, I can see the entertaining factor of it. I guess I finally realized something about myself. I think I have problematic favorites. I didn't know this about myself (sighs) until really recently because like, I didn't know Tamara was a problematic favorite. Me either. And I love her. See, Tamara Kyle. I was like, what? I could not believe it. And then when I saw, I have a friend watching OC for the first time, like she stopped watching at a certain point. I was like, if you don't know about Cancergate, you need to watch that season. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I had her start with season nine so that she could get a little bit of history and then go from there. Of course, like there's nothing compares to Cancergate. Like really, it is truly no. like top tier amazing in my book. But she she keeps messaging me about all the shit that Tamara does. And I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, she does that. Uh-huh. I can't argue with it, but I just love her. I love Tamara's her. Tamara's always and I will stirring say- the pot. Yeah, no, she always. is. But I didn't like her until Heather left the show. Once oh. Heather left the show, I really started to enjoy Tamara. But when she was on the show with Heather, I kind of felt like there was some awkward, like, like you could kind of see the bad side of her. Yeah, no, I, I can totally, like, when people bring it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess she really was doing that all the time. But, but she's still my I, top five. I found her to be entertaining because she knows how to, like, keep it moving. I think that's one of my things. Like, she knows how to have a feud with someone. And then she's like, forgiven and moving on and she just like keeps it going and she's really entertaining like she has fun and she's cute and she's sexy and she's all fit and i love eddie (gasps) i love eddie i love them we need to go to cut let's go to cut fitness i want to i'm like can you make me your third like i am with it guys like i love it love i also i think lisa and Tamara. what they have in common is they're a catalyst for a lot of entertainment for us Yes. So like we we need those little we don't need too many people like that. We need them. They're like the spice in the soup or whatever. You know what I mean? They keep things interesting. But yeah. and we I I know that they're necessary, but I still And I think I them. find Lisa to be funny like when you watch 
just from like an like her quotes are really funny to me. Like when she's like, Heather, I think you look great. It's just so funny because she's from Jersey. Right. And I think actually if you were to throw her in the Jersey housewives, she'd be like an odd person to be in there. She's like, I feel like the Mormon thing would throw things off. But like, I feel like she could like rock with like the Jersey. I actually would love to see that. I've been saying for a while, I would love to like take one housewife from one franchise and pop them over. Like, I want to see Erica Jane go to Atlanta because I really Uh, want them to like ruin her so that she knows that they that they (laughs) that would be amazing. Actually, I would love to see that. I would right. I mean, pay-per-view. I mean. Uh, and then, you know, Leah Black could have been like a real housewives of Beverly Hills, you know, and I think she's oh, split totally. time between Miami and like Beverly Hills. So there are a lot of people like that where it's like I could see them in another city or even like Noella. Like I almost feel like she could Noella. fit into like another she could fit into another franchise. Oh. Like I don't even know if she fits in OC, but I don't think Noella should be hot take. I don't think Noella, I can't watch her. Like, so I tried to no. watch this season and I stopped because I'm like, I can't even hear her talk. No, Noella would have been great in 2008 on the Hills. Yeah. Do you think it's because she's yep. like at that point where like they know they're on TV yes. and they, they're cosplaying like a housewife? Like none of it's authentic. It's purely for the show. It's so forced. She's not authentically connecting to anybody. Oh, I'm actually very no. mad at her. I say get rid of her. That haven't researched it. You know, like I feel like the reason why Kathy Hilton and we'll see how we feel about her next season. But at the time, like last season, the reason why we liked her is I feel like she didn't like do her research really yeah, she didn't like, know where she was gosh. half the time exactly yeah hello the woman the woman like talks that. about how she needs to wear glasses or contacts but doesn't i mean that's like how rich can you be when you're like i don't need to see other people can do that for me exactly like, drops in her eyes or something yeah. uh, <laughs> iconic i just feel like at some point like noella like she, like the best thing about being a housewife is like you need to not care i think the the best like thing you need to do your first season is not give a crap about anything and then kind of like figure yourself out she hmm. cares so much and she's trying to control the narrative so much it's like it's exhausting but that's why i also don't like lisa because i think lisa does the same thing i think lisa so badly wants to control the narrative but the problem is when you're two-faced and you're on cameras all the time they're gonna see you control the narrative in this room and then walk in this room and control the narrative over here and Mm -hmm. she flips things i don't necessarily think she i think the one redeeming quality that lisa has is she's not necessarily like evil but she she believes her what she hears and she believes her truth of what's happening and that's terrifying because sometimes (laughs) like you just stretch that truth like and it's beyond the show for me i'm like you're i think you're like a little out there i think that's i think that's why i'm able to get on board because she's like a character um and like not living in reality and i'm like how is this woman real and like <laughs> i i think i would just be entertained by everything she says when she because t- like her voice is funny to me we'll keep going okay so you're a team meredith so question for you yeah. when she i obviously i cannot believe this i'm about to say this so i posted yeah. her amazing monologue when she was crying and telling us like why her year was so hard. And I don't know how people didn't believe her. Like I posted, I'm like, I'm not a Meredith stand by any means, but this was, I thought that was the realest she'd ever been mm-hmm. when she was like, I couldn't get him buried the way she said that I couldn't even. And yeah. she talks about, she was, I was fighting with my sister incessantly. My nephew was going through some mental health issues. And she's like, it wasn't my story to tell. I was like, 
okay, if you people don't believe her, then she delivered an amazing monologue and it should be studying at acting classes because it yeah. was amazing. Okay. If it was fake, wow. it was amazing. I don't think it was. I think she was genuinely explaining because yeah. like COVID, I don't think people realize like when, when, when people got sick with, with COVID or people got sick, period, you couldn't go to the hospital to see them. Mm-hmm. My dad was on a ventilator for fucking three weeks, almost died. And I can attest to that. If he had died, I would have been devastated. Imagine not being able to bury him. So it put in perspective why her reactions were so different than we'd seen the previous season. I was like, I love when people get a chance to explain what we've all been kind of complaining about with her. Like what is with Meredith this season? So to get that, I have, I've realized something about the Bravo community. They don't like to be wrong. They don't like to have like new information sort of shed light on a subject matter that maybe gives a different perspective. I, on the other hand, love that. These are people we're watching at the end of the day. They they go through things. I've gone through so many horrible phases in my life that if I met someone or ran into someone who knew me at that time, I'd be like, oh, my God, run and hide. Yeah. So I <laughs> thought this was fantastic. However, when they got into the Mary comments. I felt she went like pivot around in circles and didn't quite land on it. Where do you guys stand on this? Yeah, I mean, I when I saw her deliver that what what people are calling a monologue, um, it was so genuine. It was so real when she talked about saying goodbye to her father, like on FaceTime, like, ah, that wrecked me. Like, and anyone who isn't sympathizing with her can really just go F off because like, she's not lying. That's real. And that's awful and horrible and explains everything. And I think it almost justifies everything with the Mary stuff. I think, you know, obviously she said that she'd had private conversations and Andy's like, well, if you have these private conversations and you don't say it on camera, it doesn't really benefit us. Um, And I think she should have immediately been like, you know what, I should have put my foot down and I should have vocally said something on screen. So you guys understood where I stood. Like I can see how it came off. Like I was being passive. And she should have just said that instead Agreed. of trying to dance around it, you know? Agreed. Agreed. I think I think that Meredith, the one thing that I really appreciate about her, and it was even, like, because I, like, especially on that last trip that they took, as much as there was a lot of dramatics with it, like, Meredith just seems very genuine to me. I just think that she's not reading well with the audience when you have Whitney trying to be a conspiracy theorist all the time. And <laughs> for some reason, when Whitney speaks, like you believe everything that comes out of her mouth. And cause she, she reminds you of that girl that you're like friends with. It's like the girl's girl. And she's just like there to spill the tea with you. And mm. we eat that up. And I, I, I think oh, the, the number one, the monologue was real, but number two, I think that where Meredith is messing up is like, she's not doing this to have fake relationships, which is why she doesn't want to be fake towards Jen. It's why she's like, she really has authentic relationships with these girls on and off these women, sorry, these women on and off screen. And I think that that's where things are kind of backfiring on her because she has loyalty to these women, but unfortunately you need to have loyalty on camera and not just like have private conversations off. I feel like we saw a lot of this with Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump back in the day when people were like, why are you sticking up for uh, Lisa? She's awful. And Kyle was like, you don't understand. Like we've been friends for so long. And I'm sure a lot of that loyalty was based off of the cameras. Like it's not around the cameras and stuff. And so I think that's where we're not really reading Meredith. Right. Because I think she's, I, you, from what I'm seeing, she seems so genuinely 
there with all the women, but I just think that she also is trying to keep on the facade that everything's okay when things aren't okay. Lisa is shocked because Meredith is like, Jen, I want to apologize to you. And Lisa, she's like, I feel like we're rewriting history here. Okay. I'm held to a different bar, which is the ridiculousness that I think is funny about Lisa. (laughs) I just think it's funny. I think she's, I mean, I honestly am confused because just at the finale on camera, mic'd up, Jen says to Lisa, you're defending Meredith who fucked half of East, the Upper East Side. I'm like, she just said that shit right on camera. Like to to uh, to forgive Jen for everything that's happened and everything she said and just be so, so, so I get it. I get Lisa Barlow's hot mic moment was horrible because it was horrible. It was guttural. It was a vent. It was like, um, but I also understood why she was so upset because Meredith refused to have her back, Lisa's back. I kind of think it's a good housewives feud, period. Uh, a, a recurring theme in housewives is you don't have my back. I have your back and vice versa. Like that's we've seen on every franchise where it's like you don't have my back when I have your back. And then they get an opportunity to have their back and then they don't like it's just this is pretty common. But I think that that one hot mic moment is really letting everyone else off the hook. Like, well, Jen, I think the difference between Jen and Lisa for Meredith is you kind of have to, it's like when someone says, like, if you see someone's true colors, like believe them the first time, Meredith already knows who Jen is. Mm. Meredith already knows Jen's reactive. Meredith already knows that Jen's going to go talk crap about you behind your back. She already knows all of that. And she accepts these women for who they are. Okay. The difference between Jen and Lisa is Meredith did not know Lisa was capable of the things that she's done. So she is shocked by her behavior and it's more disgusting. Like I have friends in my life that would maybe do stuff like Jen and I'd forgive them because I don't know who they are. But if Lauren did that to me, I would be like, are you effing kidding me? Like I would never see it coming from a mile away. So I okay. think that's where I think I, that's I like that explanation, actually. That's actually probably the best one I've heard so far. That makes sense. Um, we get Jenny's package. And again, I'm like, we just didn't need it. You could have totally just like edited <sighs> this out. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. And so Heather at one point had said in, in the after show that Jenny was Lisa's minion. And Jenny addresses it like she's like, why would you say that? And as Heather's explaining it, Lisa goes, don't narrate me. You're narrating me. Don't narrate me. <laughs> like that isn't a word. That's you, not how do you, you know say what it. be terrifying would to be stuck in a room with Lisa, Ramona Singer and Vicki Gumbelson. Like I know they're I not would, the same. How dare you compare them? The, they're all in the same wavelength for me. <laughs> that would be my personal hell. Hi, baby gorgeous. Oh my God, I would die. I'm well, like, you know what, to me. John? You know, John? Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what, Bethany? Bethany? Wow, John. Wow. <laughs> I would, well, I get Ramona and Vicky in a room together. Oh, I guess we kind of saw a little bit of that at BravoCon uh, oh, when they did that oh, like feuding uh, thing and like they went oh, back we, and we forth. We put you on the map. You guys, you were first, but we put you on the map. Where do you guys land on that? I feel like OC has to get credit because they were first. They're the first. Like you can't, as much as I cannot stand Vicky Gumbelson, she like, is the OG of the OC. Like you have to give it to them. Like you just have yeah. to, okay? They're first. They, they won fine. so all these other women could run. There was nothing yeah. before that. So you have to give it to them, Ramona. Relax. Um, okay. What does Heather mean when she says, when to, this is about Lisa and Jenny, she's like, 
when you need her, you're there for her. When you don't need her, you dismiss her. I didn't see that. And I'm wondering what what she meant by that. Do you not know either? I I didn't see that either. I don't really think that Jenny's even her minion at all. Okay, right. Because I was like, no, I don't like they always were cool. Like, I don't remember there even being a moment where like Lisa, like let her just sink. Okay, good. See, we're agreeing on something. Oh my God. I we love are. It. We are. Oh my God, I, I, know, love that. I know. Okay. Um, again, Andy Cohen, I get <laughs> it. He's, he's being shady and that's what he does at every reunion. But this one, he was just so obvious at one point, Lisa's like, hold on. I want to say something. And she's talking just to Heather, but Andy goes, are you talking to bad weather right now? I go, you can just hop <laughs> it because then it made both of them get in, it made both Heather and Whitney be involved. Uh, but when Lisa sees is like, I don't control anyone through manipulation, but she makes a good point. I think this is smart. She goes, you use the term minion so that if anyone stands up for me, they are the bad guy. Well, that, well, that's actually pretty good. That was, that was, that was yeah. good. I, was I agree with that. That solid. was solid, but also. Solid. If anyone's sticking up for you, I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't think I don't think she's done anything that's worthy of like sticking up for her. Yeah. I mean, I I, I can like I can acknowledge that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it doesn't it suck when you love a housewife and someone kind of like talks uh, like a little bad on them? And no, you're like, I, it does. My, I get it protective. does. But I'm also like, I mean, I get it. Like Lisa is easy to dislike. The housewives are such a uh, divisive <laughs> uh, commentary sometimes, you know, because you like when people like they stick to their favorites and they want to like make a point in the comment threads and then it causes like a debate back and forth as where when I see someone disagreeing, I'm usually like that makes sense because we all experience these shows differently. We all have our own lens that we see things through and you it's kind of like on American Idol. There's someone for everyone. And that's sort of how yeah. Housewives is. They like I wish I could be, for example, Team Kenya. I just can't get on board. I wish I could because I get it. She's vital to the show, but she just triggers me and like Same. makes me crazy. But I also understand when people love her, like when people are like, I think Kenya did, did it right. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Someone's got to love them. Someone's got to. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a cast. I had never watched Bravo with anyone and I, I had watched it for like three years by myself. So I got my friend into Bravo and we're watching it together. And I'm always like team Kyle or team Erica back in the day. He's watching it with me and it's like, Team Lisa Vanderpump, Team Lisa Renna, and I'm sitting here going like, are we watching the same show? And it was in that moment that I realized <laughs> we can all watch the same show and have completely different per- perspectives of the truth. Like we're watching so many different versions of the truth unfold and it's insane. I hate when you show someone a show, like you're like, okay, we're going to watch it together and they don't have your opinion. You're like, yeah. Well, you need to stop watching them. Don't have any more. No one, these... no one likes you. No one likes your stupid opinions. <laughs> Everyone disagrees with you. Trust me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How did you guys feel about the anime comment that Heather had made? I did not clock it when they were what at anime that. anime comment? Oh, when uh, they were at the uh, tea party thing at that park that Jenny threw and they were looking at the picture of Jenny in the blonde wig and like the S&M getup. And um, hold on, I need to yell at my dog. You can't hear that. That's private. That's private. That's <laughs> private. Um, uh, they were all looking at the picture and that's when Mary was like, ooh, and your slanted eyes. And then, and obviously that was clocked as very inappropriate, but then Heather said, you look like an anime character. And I didn't clock it. I didn't because in my head, I thought, well, God, if I was showing someone a picture of me in a costume and they said, I look like a Disney princess, I'd be like, thank you. 
I didn't clock it being uh, wrong until I posted about Mary's slanted eyes comment and got a bunch of comments from people saying this is why it's offensive. This is why it was inappropriate. And Heather did own up to it, I would say a little bit, um, but it it got kind of glossed over. Lauren, where do you stand on it? I um I think it's one of those things that I, I really don't think Heather meant it in that way. I think that the costume, it had nothing to do with like her being Asian. Like, but then again, like I can see how somebody would clock that as a microaggression where it's like Heather wasn't even consciously like choosing an anime character instead of being like, you look like um, a Disney princess. I don't know. Or like, I don't know, Princess Peach or something from uh-huh. Mario Kart. Like, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like you picked something that's like, specifically Asian Asian so it could be definitely clocked as a microaggression but considering what we've seen all season it's not the worst I think it was pretty innocent it's just I think we all have to become more conscious and aware of these things and so I think anyone could have fucked up that way and I think that the what we're experiencing especially with Salt Lake City is the amount of like white privilege where you don't even realize that you're saying something that's problematic because you've been living in your own bubble and Mm -hmm the one thing that I'm liking about the, it's just Bravo as a whole is like, we're confronting this stuff, but I just don't think it's being executed properly with Salt Lake city because like the comments that have been made are so insane. And I'm like, how are you like, how are you saying this is appropriate? And whether like it was a small comment or whatever to someone else who's watching, who's experienced being called something like that. If that's that little comments, everything to them, because yeah. they identify with that. And I'm sure she didn't mean anything by it, but that's the problem is like, we make these comments without realizing the weight that they carry. And that's, that's where like your privilege comes in as a white person. Exactly. Andy asks Lisa, I thought this was very careful of Lisa. She didn't want to fully throw Meredith under the bus because let's face it in the reunions, when they deliver a package, it's clear the message that they're trying to get out of the women. It's kind of like being produced that way. So the message for Meredith's like didn't stand up for, didn't stand up to Mary enough was that like Meredith is in, is also then racist too, was kind of the energy we were getting. Right. So when he, when he asks. Lisa, like, were you surprised at her not standing up more? She goes, let me think about how I'm going to answer this because she's like, I'm kind of damned if I do damned if I don't say something right. So she says, I was a little surprised because I know Meredith doesn't tolerate that and doesn't stand for that. And I thought, well, that was very safe and kind of well done. She said, look, I'm not going to say it was right that she didn't stand up because then I get in trouble that way. But I will say that Meredith, I know for a fact stands for the right things. I thought that was, I was like, Ooh, nice way to dance that one. Because Andy really sets these women up producers, like in the confessionals, producers do this all the time. They ask a very baiting question. They get a very scandalous response just so they can get a soundbite. And then later they're like, you said in your confessional, I'm like production did that. You guys production knows yeah. exactly how to set you guys up to set, like talk shit about each other. Oh, just Orwin, like, she was, like, I don't know if you saw, like, the flashbacks of, like, Meredith, like, rolling her eyes or looking off in the distance. And it's, like, that was when they were setting up sound. This was not when they were asking her a question. They were setting up some sort of sound or lighting, and she was just waiting there and being patient. And now it's, like, she's, like, being dismissive of a situation. Like, it's so shady. I, I also hate when people like truly think that when we get like a trailer for the, you know, for a reunion, they actually think that like the responses are linear to the time. They're like, I don't know. When Andy asked that question, she says, I'm like, that's no, it's edited. Like yeah. we've, we've been baited so many times into thinking something happens only to see the reality. And we're like, that is, yeah, nothing happened. 
No. Okay. Questions about so Mayor Heather at one point says that Mary is racist in a lot of ways. How do you feel about a white person calling a black person racist? That's so tough because I think that everyone can be racist if they like, regardless of your skin color. And the things that were coming out of Mary's mouth were very, very problematic. And this isn't 2008 where like, like we see like a lot of people like Kathy Griffin and stuff like that, making those jokes. And people were like, we're not laughing anymore. And we're not and it was never funny and it shouldn't have been funny. And I think that like, it's one of those things where you need to like look inward and it's 2022. And we went through so much these last couple of years as a society. If you're still making comments like that or think that it's acceptable to hear other people make comments like that without like correcting them. She said this on camera. Like that was when she made the slanted eyes comment. I literally was like, are you trying to be kind or are you kind of trying to come off as kind so you can say something really nasty? Mm. So I don't know, but I also think that it's like, it's a double-edged sword. Didn't Mary say, um, like, Black people I, can't I, be I racist? Think, which I've heard before. And I think like the terminology around it is like prejudice when you're not black. Like I had a roommate in New York that went to historically black college. And so she really like knew her stuff, um, and taught me a lot, but I remember her saying that. And I I remember like, it took a while for me to process, but I think too, I think Mary's definitely prejudiced. And I think Mary definitely has like some internalized, like, um, prejudice against people. Uh, the other thing is, didn't Mary make a comment about a convenience store last season? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She made a comment about, you don't have to be a man to be a misogynist. There are a lot of female misogynists. Just log on to TikTok and post a video as a woman. And you'll see if, you know, you'll see misogyny come from women a lot of times. So I think you could be racist in general. Like, even if you are a person of color, you could have internalized some of that, um, unfortunately. And it's clear Mary has. I agree that, um, Mary, that, uh, sorry, Mary has said super problematic things. I just wouldn't feel comfortable personally calling a black person racist using yeah. that term. I would use yeah. prejudice. I would use offensive, but yeah. I think that maybe Heather's still learning what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. It just felt like, I don't think all these white people should be calling a black person racist. Well, especially when Heather made that con up, it was Heather that made the con up the anime thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, like, why are you feeling comfortable? I agree. You shouldn't call a black person yeah. racist, but at the same time, you shouldn't be calling someone out on that behavior when you just did something too. And the way that Mary played it off is that she didn't know she was saying anything wrong. And Heather also didn't know she was saying anything wrong, but they both said something wrong regardless. So mm-hmm. you either learn from what you said and know never to say it again, or you just keep your mouth shut. If you just did, it's like one of the things where it's like, why are you going to call someone out when you just did the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I, I she's agree. a little too think... comfortable with that one. I was like, careful, we're going to yeah, get mad at you. I don't think that you should ever, yeah, I, I just think as a white person, you have so much privilege, you shouldn't really be commenting on that. Right? Like, use another word. Yeah. The R word is a little intense. Like, yeah. Um, Let's lighten the mood. When they go to the package of who stirs the pot most, it's between Whitney and Lisa. And I like that when they come back from that, Whitney knows. Whitney goes, look, I think that, uh, Lisa stirs the pot, but I always take the baton. It's like, yes, girl, she's the Lisa Rinna of her, of her, of her show. She's okay. the Lisa Rinna. She knows exactly what she's doing. And she Whitney's likes to play Lisa it up. Rinna. That's why Whitney walked out and she was like, 
Mary, where are you? Meredith, I thought that was so funny. It was such a Lisa Rinna thing, though, because like. That was so Lisa Rinna. So Lisa Rinna, and you appreciate it. Oh, my God. Okay, so because to me, Heather is like the Kyle of Salt Lake City because she's very much like producing like a scene like she knows how in a moment to be like, well, you said this. Do you like Mary? Like all that kind of crap. But Whitney is totally like the Lisa Renna. I will say as written by a comedy as, writer. as Mary has been, she has given some iconic, iconic TV. And it's not even what she does in a scene. It's the little like passing moments. Like when she walked off, when was holding someone, she's like, you're coming with me. You're coming with me. And the way she walked out was so good. Or when she started crying, she's like, he buys me things. <laughs> all those purses those are all tattooed on my body i was living when she's like he buys me those things and that's okay because he loves me and he wants to buy me those things you see that purse he i was like oh she was so seriously saying it too or when she fell asleep at the reunion last year i was she is it, she was I remember I, she like, ate the snow that they were uh, pouring. She like stuck her tongue out. She was uh, like, ew. She is an like this icon. Is not snow. No, this is festive. I I agree. TV. She's such oh, a she's TV. so good. I would love to see a spin-off with like um Megan King Edmonds and Whitney like trying to solve actual crimes. I agree. Whitney's uh. just wasted. <laughs> I need Whitney just drunk while Megan King is like truly solving it. And, and Whitney's only picking up like a few things. And she's like, off we go to solve this crime. Um, I okay. I feel like I know where you guys land on this based on what we've been talking about. So the whole Lisa Cater event, Angie of it all, where do you guys land? Okay, I I just I think it's crazy that that woman was suddenly like Whitney and uh uh what Heather's, Heather's. cousin. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was su- suddenly their cousin. I'm like, this is only something that could have happened like in this like sort of like Mormon. Like it's like, oh, I know that last name. Oh, you're my cousin. And it's like, what were they like 50 kids and you lost track of your cousins? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> um, well, it is Mormonism. There is a lot and- of children. And now I'm like, well, you know, you can have an enemy, you know, a sleeper cell enemy because somebody could just be somebody's cousin. Um, so I'm very much on, I, th- I think I'm on Whitney and Heather's side just because I am at a point with Lisa where like everything that Lisa does, I just find shady. <laughs> I feel like she, again, I just see her as the college mean girl that is now on the show that has to like glaze over things and like not seem like she's a college mean girl but I think she is the college mean girl when Heather said that thing the other day about her trying to like pretend to be something that she read in a magazine about like a cool mean girl I was like like yes I agree so yeah I'm kind of on Whitney and Heather's side I think what about what about you John I'm so excited favorite retweet what you just said I here's my we're talking about the caterer thing right at the beginning of the season it was yeah. so shady and it was so obvious what happened. This is when I was like, Lisa, like you are like, you're making it very apparent what kind of person you are to the audience right now. Like it was so I'm team Whitney and Heather all the way. Like you said it perfectly, Lauren. Like I cannot, I cannot. She, that was 100% wrong. And then the dinner that happened afterwards where they had the, the, the woman come up to the table, it was so set up for TV. I was like, Lisa, you are not slick. You are not pulling one over on us. You are not as manipulative as you think you are. I see right through your crap. I'm done. I'm done. 
<laughs> Drink your Vita and go home in your wine bottle. <laughs> okay, so my turn. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I I I actually don't think that she sabotaged the catering event because <laughs> I think it was more just like production. So that that company was had done the um uh, Meredith, remember when Jen threw Meredith, quote unquote, a birthday party, but it wasn't an all for <laughs> Meredith. Um, they had catered that event. And so they showed a text between them and production. The caterer showed a text between them and production where they were like, we thought we were going to get we, we were, were rather just going to focus on doing stuff in the venue, because last time we did a, we did an event for them. They didn't even show our shit. They didn't even like promote us. It's just too much of a hassle. We're going to have my brother do it instead. We're not going to do it. And so they had food there because the caterer's brother did it instead. But production, I thought, really, like, put in some shady editing because they made it so where Lisa goes, oh, my God, it's horrible when you go to a party without any food. And it really made it seem like she was talking <laughs> about that party. And I was like, wow, that was fucked up. Um, I do agree with you guys, though, that the um, she wasn't slick at all. Like, she... She, Lisa, Lisa is like a stage whisper in real life. It's like she's like, no one's going to know. It's like, yeah, <laughs> we all see what you're doing. And so I thought it was so funny that Whitney was like, I'm on to something. I'm like, it's not even hard to figure out. It's pretty obvious, Whitney. We all see what's happening. They literally made sure that they were like action. I can't believe what Angie's doing to you. I was like, oh. <laughs> That doesn't even you guys aren't even executing this well. No. It was like a bad play. So yes. I what I say about Lisa Barlow is like you're like, for example, Vanderpump. She was much better at being slick. She was much better at controlling the narrative and manipulating because she knew how to do keep her hands clean. Lisa, not so much. Well, no. Lisa, if Lisa wanted to give the caterers and her this moment to say, look, it really wasn't us because I get it. It's going to look like they are homophobic or transphobic or something. I don't think that they're allowed to have a vindicated moment on camera. Don't invite Whitney. If you just made up with Whitney over this very topic, maybe bring Meredith because Meredith would be like, that's fine. Let it happen. But when you bring Whitney there, it just was too staged and you end up with, it was just sloppy work. It was so sloppy. So I'm a little, I can, I don't think she sabotaged it, but then I do think she absolutely set up this like vindicated moment for the cameras and it wasn't even slick. And she does this a lot throughout the whole season where like when uh, she with, went with Cameron, where she's uh, like, I don't know. What did he say? What did he say? Meredith repeat what he said. I'm like, can you stop? Someone's here to talk for Mary's church. She's literally and- a stage whisperer. <laughs> That is her essence. She's like, no one will know. Or when, or when she was in the bus and she was like, I think Meredith might know something. It's like, you are awful. Like you your mic, so your mic doing this doesn't do anything because your mic is right here. No, you need to pull the Jen Shaw and be like, look into the camera and be like, can you unmic me? Yeah. Can you unmic me? I've rewatched that scene, by the way. And you know how she wants to say that it wasn't Coach Shaw that called her, that it was Coach Shaw's number, but then it wasn't Coach Shaw. No, 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 no. You answered. You said, hey, baby. Uh, Yeah, we're still the beauty. We're still in the beauty lab and laser park. You weren't like, oh, this isn't Coach. He fucking called you, girl, and said, honey, we just got a tip. Like, we're about to get raided. Okay. Do you think that she knew it was happening? Do you think she knew her? Absolutely. See, and that's where people are like, Andy needs to stop casting these people. He knows what's going down. He knows what's going down. He knows what's about to come undone. And at the end of the day, 
as much as we don't want these people to have a platform, we're low-key grateful to have great TV to watch. I mean, this was like, we earned this. We, we, earned. we earned this after all the Erica Jane stuff and not being able to see everything for what it was. We earned this moment, okay? We All the years we've been watching this shit play out, we deserved an on-camera arrest moment like this, okay? Yes. We deserve it. Give it to us. We know it's trash. I, I think Meredith might know something. <laughs> Later, when they're at the tea, when they're at that tea party thing, um, then they're all basically like, "No, you were being the the worst friend to Jen. No, you were being the worst friend to Jen." Uh, at one point, Lisa goes, "My lawyer called me," and Whitney Which goes, one? "Whitney goes, you called your lawyer." And Lisa goes, "Without, within all seriousness, Lisa goes." Uh, and then my other lawyer that I did not call called me back. Think about that sentence. <laughs> you did not call, but they called you back. Honey, honey, that's ridiculous. Oh, I love her. And she always has her Diet Coke in hand and she's just <laughs> sipping on it. And I relate to it. I'm like, get me a Diet Coke, girl. I, I live. I, I know. I, when I, she wants a Diet Coke from a specific place, we all understood what that meant. We're like, mm-hmm. I live. Me. me. I, can, I can break down. I remember your restaurant. <laughs> based on your diet coke i can tell you what i can tell you who has the best diet coke who has the least good diet coke i know every i know all the hacks no you're Ryan so told me and have me do a taste test and i'll be like jack in the box carl's jr mcdonald's i'm i'm ready Ooh, to go Can, I, think that, I think that would be a fun little special like we should do like a po- like a live instagram live where we, we give you like you can't see the diet cokes and you can down. sip it and I be like it down Ooh, oh, okay. we'll yeah, we, we're, doing that. we're working on that but when we get together that's what we're gonna do we're i'm gonna yes. get diet cokes from various places and we're gonna do a blind taste test to see how yes. accurate you let's are let's do it <gasps> content on from wanda baby gorgeous you know oh yes um i want to pivot to and by the way i think we should do a drinking game that whenever andy says pivot in a reunion we drink because this man <laughs> loves to say that i'm gonna i'm gonna pivot over uh to the gen and uh Lisa moment where they're at the the Fresh Wolf photo shoot and Lisa totally <laughs> brings up Koa on camera. And this is where I just think Lisa's ridiculous. And she she like starts whispering to Andy. She goes, I just wanted to say that I was being held to a higher standard. Okay. I just went back and rewatched it. Okay. Let me, let me. I clearly like Lisa, but I'm a bit like, I'm like, Lisa, no. First, she just says, How are you with the whole Koa incident? I'm like, Lisa. You know, she's not going to want to talk about that. They have to bleep out the guy's name. Then she says, I just think it's interesting that he has gifts from, you know, from from Whitney. I just think that's interesting. Cut to the reunion. She's like, I was just trying to show that, like, I'm held to a higher standard. I'm like, no, just admit you were being shady as fuck. Please just admit it. At least own it. That's what I like about Lisa Vance, not Lisa Vance, but Lisa Renner. She owns when she's being shady. She owns the part that she's playing, Lisa does not own it. And it's like, just own the fact that you were being shady, that you were being manipulative and you were trying to start some drama on camera. It's fine. That's what you guys are here for, but yeah. own it. Own it. I, like, Cause I'm like, then it would be easier for people to be like, okay, fine. Like Lisa can be annoying, but you never, you never own it. And so it's hard for people to get past that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I think it's the lack of ownership and she, she, She's like she's almost acting like the viewers are stupid and we don't see it. It's the stage it's like, whisper. It's like she's like no one. She's literally whispering to yeah. Andy. She's like, I was just trying to. I'm like, we can all hear you. No, <laughs> we're all exactly. Here. We're all here together. And I think that if Lisa, here's where I think Lisa could redeem herself. If she owned the role she plays on the show, I think the audience would love her a lot. 
but she doesn't own it and she tries to wipe her hands clean and it's like you're not only sloppy you're like so you're so bad at this like you're so bad but like you're not going anywhere that's what's so frustrating is like I know she's gonna be back next season and I have to watch a whole another season of her being sloppy thank god I'm here for it I love you Lisa Barlow like uh got better at cover up her tracks like if she got as good at the game as like Lisa Vanderpump or we just didn't even know right you know like remember Lisa Vanderpump like I think she brought like radar like magazines on a trip or something and like she tried to it, it was just so long ago but it's like why don't you like plant magazines and different like things and then just be like oh how did that get there you know yeah. be that, be that instead you're smart. just so obvious and pretending like you're not away yeah this yes. is where we want you to watch the show and study how other housewives have done things this is what we what we don't want noella doing this is what we want lisa to do like go back and watch people like lisa vanderpump you know these these people in the, that area who were like literally so manipulative even like Shannon Medore. Shannon Medore, oh, yeah, although she's, she's been really sloppy about it lately, she used to be really good at it, but eventually your game catches up to you. And now that Heather's there, she can't do it as much. Because uh, Shannon absolutely set that up for Kelly at that disco party, 70s party, oh, right? Like, <laughs> like, she sets everyone up for everything. Yeah. Like she fully, she also, fully set it up. Yeah. Okay. Yes. She okay. sets it up hardcore. Yeah. And then she goes, I, 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 I don't I don't have time I don't and then she just goes to that like really high-pitched place and you're like never mind I like became I just like became Shannon Shannon for a second you you literally (laughs) just channeled her that was was so good that was weird um (laughs) Heather really is having the time of her life in this moment because she like because she says she's like Jen specifically text you to not bring up Koa two days prior and there you go bringing him up on camera and she goes and this is what you do before anyone films with you so that they know what to say and I can imagine it I can see it I can see Lisa doing it um but then Jen really like I I kind of knew this was going to happen because it's so Jen she's such a victim but all she had to do is say I saw what Lisa said after at the veil trip and I feel so betrayed to be to be fair, they all even Heather said shit. They all said yeah. shit at the veil trip. Heather was like, I don't want to be indicted. I don't want to be held. She told the story about the Uber ride and how she, Jen got out of the Uber. And did you guys listen to Bitch Sesh's episode where they had the Uber driver on? No, no. I will mess. I'll send I'll find the episode and I'll text it to you guys. But for the listeners, Bitch Sesh had the Uber driver. The Uber driver was on and said she was wasted and she clearly got like he clearly dropped her off at like a guy's house and then like picked her up later she paid him off like she oh, like and off she paid him paid him directly not like through the app she didn't even have I the saw app it on like i feel like i saw it on people's like they like, pulled a clip yeah, yeah but i didn't listen to the whole thing yep i forgot about that um so crazy Fine. To wrap to wrap up this the, the reunion, Lisa gives us one of her amazing fake cry moments. She goes, she's explaining why she didn't want to invite Jen to the Fresh Wolf event because she had just, you know, I just been we had just finished the Fresh Wolf thing. I'm like, oh no, I said something I shouldn't, and so then it continued, and Henry heard it, and he was crying, and he was like, Mom, you're a really good mom, but I love Jen. As controversial as that is, and as soon as Jen says, stop saying this disclaimers. All of Lisa's tears are gone. The crying over crying is over. She's like, it is controversial. I will acknowledge that Lisa likes to throw a fake cry in. There's no tears that come out. 
she just starts to fake cry. To be fair, Jen sometimes does it too. I'm like, where are your tear ducts? Can you get those like removed or something? Because these women, when they cry, I look like an absolute mess when I cry. I would definitely be like sobbing if I was a real housewife at the reunions. Like, I feel like they're so intense, but like, I'm like, are they just so, is there's just so much Botox that like they can't squeeze their tear ducts properly? Because I'm like, give it you to know? me. I don't need to be crying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. I have a, I have my Botox appointment next week. I'm so excited. I'm, I just go in and I'm like, freeze it. Uh, iconic. Oh my God. See, I don't like I, it to move. I have had such bad experiences with it that I'm like, I have did it, done it twice and you had bad. Oh, I've only, I, I only go to the same person now because I've heard enough horror stories and I did get one time. It wasn't bad because I was like uneven. It was bad yeah. because I didn't, I wasn't frozen. I said, I can still move. Okay. Lady. <laughs> See, I, I should like not I be express- able to make a face. I feel like I, I wanna... can make a lot of expression with my eyebrows. So I think that's why it like trips me out, but I always feel like my head feels like heavy for like a week. I, it does. And that is real. And I hate that feeling. I think that I want to, I want to look like Jennifer Coolidge in, in, in a Cinderella story. <laughs> <laughs> I am very upset right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Whenever, whenever people are like, what if you like, what if your face doesn't move? I go, who needs it? Who needs to see what this? Who needs expression when I could just tell you how I feel? And in all honesty, I'm pretty sure no one has wondered how I feel about something. I'm like, I've been getting <laughs> Botox since I was 29 years old. I'm pretty sure no one's been like, we don't know where you stand. I'm pretty sure I'm figuring out a way to communicate. Okay. Well, okay. listen, guys, you know, I think we can all go to Sonia's doctor and maybe we can get like three for one half facelifts <laughs> in like 15 years. Oh, I love I'm you. So I'm up for that because you know i'm already i'm like okay around like maybe 55 60 65 we'll see where i land oh i want to look yeah. like share 100 <laughs> percent. i want to look like share me too we were talking about this share like jane fonda looks amazing. oh, oh, oh jane fonda looks amazing oh uh, literally so iconic i also i want to like kathy hilton i like when she laughs she just goes like this <laughs> <laughs> Remember when she cried in the, in her confessional at one point last season and everyone was like, what is she doing? Is she crying? Cause her face like didn't quite, she was like, (laughs) but like nothing else moved. No, I was like, she's sneezing. No, she's crying. She's crying. Okay. She's crying. Yeah. I want that too. All right, you guys, I really appreciate being here and thanking you for taking so much. I thought it was just going to be an hour, but we gabbed. Of course we we gabbed. Thanks for having us. Um, Tell the people where to find you guys. Um, I am. It's John Joseph on TikTok and John Joseph music on Instagram. They're a very big deal on TikTok. You guys like legit. Well, thanks. And I'm the Zen Blonde on TikTok and Instagram. And I just came out with a podcast. Guys, we'll have to do like a, a an episode on there, but it's called the Zen Blonde anywhere you find podcasts. And thank you so much for having us on, Emily. Yeah, thank we you really so need much. To get this out of our system. I feel I like know. I released like the season of Salt Lake City. I've gotten through my Jersey trauma. So thank you. Oh my God, you're welcome. Anytime. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you wouldn't mind, could you do a little rate and review? Maybe even subscribe? All of the above? If not, hey, I get it. No pressure. 
I'm also on Buy Me A Coffee. Buy Me A Coffee is a great way for content creators to get some monetary support from their followers. And it's just very easy. Buymeacoffee.com slash She Speaks Bravo. The link is also in my Instagram bio. And of course, if you're not already, please follow me on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok. Not going to lie. I just post the exact same stuff on both platforms. So no need to follow both. But um, love you guys. Mean it. And I'll see you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.